What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and lest you never question again just how much I love you, I am up very early on my day off, and we are recording our second mock draft for the 2021 NFL Entry Draft. We're calling this one Mock Draft 2.0, this time with trades. And oh, do I have some wonderful trades in store for you. But before we go ahead with this, there should have been one more trade than there actually will be in this mock draft. And I'm just going to address this right now, and it'll probably be the last thing that I say about it. In this mock draft, originally, I did have the Deshaun Watson trade going down. I'll spoil it here for you. I had him go into the Miami Dolphins in exchange for a massive package of draft picks plus Tua Tagovailoa. That's what I genuinely believe is the most logical trade destination for Deshaun Watson. However, in light of all the allegations that have come out, I don't know whether they're true or they're not true. I know almost less than nothing about the whole situation. But the legal process is going to play out in deference to a situation that is still ongoing. I am not doing that trade. So that caused, obviously, some uh, some quick changes uh, just as recently as last night because that trade was going to completely change the face of this mock draft, right? That was going to trade multiple picks in this mock draft. So if something seems a little wonky to you, if the logic of a certain thing that maybe the Miami Dolphins do in this draft, if it doesn't make sense to you, it's probably because it was at least a little bit rushed. So with that caveat, we'll move forward. But I hope you don't feel shortchanged because there are no fewer than seven trades that will be taking place in this mock draft. I'm going to give you all your money's worth on a mock draft with some trades. Plenty of movement here in the first round. Now before we get started, of course, as I did last week, I want to take the time to thank my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees, longtime sponsor of mine, longtime friends of mine, nerdtees.ca. You're going to want to go to that website, hit that promo code BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're also going to get free shipping on any order over $100 in Canada, which is absolutely tremendous. And you get a great conversion rate on the US dollar as well if you live south of the border. Today's blend is an amaretto almond biscotti that's been a longtime favorite of mine ever since I've kind of known about nerd teas. I've always loved this tea. Smells fantastic, tastes great, and that is one of just dozens and dozens of incredible tea blends that you can find on nerdtees.ca. Hit that website, hit that promo code BWFINEST, save your money, get your free shipping. Find yourself something to love, find someone you love something to love. Look, we got Mother's Day around the corner, Father's Day is coming up if you've got a tea drinking dad in the family. There's all kinds of reasons to hit up Nerd Teas, find something special. And of course, I want to take the time to shout out the Dynasty Trade Calculator, my newest affiliates from earlier this past season. 
Most of the players that we're going to mention on our list today, they're probably going to start showing up on some dynasty rankings if they haven't already. The dynasty trade calculator, as far as I'm concerned, the best resource online for long-term fantasy football. Dynasty, keeper, just long-term fantasy. You're going to find player rankings, trade evaluations, podcasts, anything that you need for whatever configuration your long-term league takes the Dynasty Trade Calculator has got you absolutely covered. Hit my affiliate link, which is in the description down below. Plans beginning as little as $3 to get access to the best long-term keeper and Dynasty fantasy football resource on the internet. That is the Dynasty Trade Calculator. I'm obviously very excited to be part of their affiliate team. The DTC is for real. All right, housekeeping out of the way, let's get this thing started. And obviously there's going to be no surprise at the top of this draft. I don't know if there is a pick or player package available for the Jacksonville Jaguars to move off of the number one pick to draft Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. Like this is the one, the one thing that I think is pretty well inescapable in this draft is that Trevor Lawrence will be the new starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We move on to the number two pick, and it is in the number two pick that we have our first significant decision for a team's future, aside from obviously Trevor Lawrence, and the first trade that we are going to hit in this mock draft involves the number two pick, the New York Jets deciding that they are not going to draft another quarterback, making the decision to finally give Sam Darnold maybe an opportunity to actually be an NFL quarterback. They've had him for a couple of years, but they've put garbage teams on the football field around this young kid that should have been the future of this team. So instead of drafting his replacement, which really does not make your football team any better, the New York Jets are going to move off of this number two pick to get a big package in return from the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers make the big splash of this first round, moving up from the 24th pick all the way up to number two. So the Jets trade the number two overall pick to the Steelers. Steelers sending back picks number 24 and 55, their first and second round picks next year, as well as tight end Eric Ebron. And the reason that I feel strongly about the Steelers making this big move, they are now aware of the likelihood of a future an immediate future without Ben Roethlisberger. They've got this year, but there is nobody behind Ben. And if they're trying to win a championship this year, they're not going to find their franchise quarterback in the draft next year. I realize, hey, if you're trying to win a championship, why are you trading Eric Ebron? Had a good season last year, can be a dynamic weapon. Why are you trading away one of Ben's weapons? It's just the price of admission. We're trying to make the New York Jets a better team at the same time, or else why would they move off the number two overall pick? That's a piece, an offensive piece that they are going to want back. So the Jets trade off the number two pick. They send it to Pittsburgh, 24-55, a 2022 first, a 2022 second, and Eric Ebron going to the New York Jets. And at number two overall, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to draft Zach Wilson out of BYU as their quarterback of the future. Again, you're going to get this this year out of Ben Roethlisberger. You're probably probably not going to get next year out of him. If I had to, if I really had to make a guess, 
I think this is probably Ben Roethlisberger's last crack at things. They're going to try to win a championship, but he's not the future. Zach Wilson becomes the future in Pittsburgh. The number three overall pick belonging to the Miami Dolphins. Again, this was a pick that I was going to trade as part of the Deshaun Watson trade. Since that's not going to happen, I'm still going to move the number three overall pick. The Miami Dolphins are going to trade down from number three overall. Yes, they would have an opportunity to draft, say, a Jamar Chase here. And yes, they've got plenty of draft equity behind them. I'm still going to have the Dolphins move off the number three overall pick to a desperate team behind them that is the Carolina Panthers the Panthers trading up from number eight overall to number three overall they send the Dolphins the eighth overall pick the 39th overall pick pick number 73 as well as a third round pick in next year's draft of 2022 in order to move up five spots in the draft to number three overall and with that number three overall pick, you might think, like plenty of other people are thinking, that the Carolina Panthers are going to grab Justin Fields. That is not what I have in mind for them. Even though in the previous mock draft, I believe I had them taking Justin Fields at number eight when I was restricting myself to not allowing any trades. Once again, I don't know that drafting a quarterback in this draft is going to make the Carolina Panthers any better. What I firmly believe is going to make the Panthers better, especially in light of the pieces that they have lost in free agency and don't apparently plan on bringing back, Russell Okung being the big one, it's on the offensive line. Every starter from their O-line last year, except their center, Matt Parody, hit free agency. Now, they were able to bring back a couple, I believe, but it's the offensive line where the Panthers desperately need to pay a lot of attention. They've paid attention to the linebacker position in free agency, but really done nothing of significance on the O-line. Carolina's going to draft Penny Sewell at number three overall in this mock. They're going to move up to take head and shoulders, the best offensive line prospect in this draft, arguably one of the best of the last five years. They're going to jump up and they're going to grab that guy as their perennial new all-pro left tackle. And that's going to make every offensive piece on this team, no matter who's at quarterback, it's going to make every one of those pieces that much better. So we've had two trades in the first three draft picks. No, we have not. We have had three trades in the first four draft picks because I have the Atlanta Falcons moving off the number four overall pick. And once again, it's a lot of mock drafts who are having the Falcons try to grab a quarterback here. I don't think that makes sense. It's never made sense to me from the first time I heard somebody suggest it. I've got the Atlanta Falcons moving down, adding some draft capital. They are trading down with the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are going to ship the number 12 overall pick, pick number 43 overall, as well as a second rounder next year to move up from number 12 to number four overall. The Niners are on the clock and this is the move. This is the move to motivate Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to sink or swim in San Francisco because the Niners are trading up to draft Justin Fields. 
The Niners make the move. They draft Justin Fields for competition behind Jimmy Garoppolo. And look, I've said it for a long time. I'm not overly convinced by this Jimmy Garoppolo experiment. And the Niners just paid Trent Williams nearly $140 million to be their starting left tackle for the next six years. So he's either going to swim behind an improved O-line or he's going to sink. And if he's going to sink... Justin Fields is going to be right there. Who knows? He may take over the starting job before the end of the 2021 season. Pick number five belongs to the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, so far in free agency, the Bengals have basically attacked multiple areas where they needed some help. They brought in Mike Hilton on a long-term deal. They brought in Samaj Pirine as depth in the backfield. They also signed tackle Riley Reef. It's only a one-year deal, but that's an immediate upgrade on the offensive line. A lot of people have the Bengals going O-line here. I didn't do that in the first mock from this position. Cincinnati's not trading this pick, but I do have them switching up who they're going to attack because in my previous mock, Jamar Chase was off the board. He went third overall. He's still on this board. I think he's too good of a wide receiver prospect for the Cincinnati Bengals to pass up. And when you look at now their receiving core, yes, they lost AJ Green. They lost John Ross the third but they're going to have obviously Tyler Boyd. They're going to have T Higgins. And now to bring in a weapon like Jamar Chase, bringing all the weapons in the world to Joe Burrow, trying to give him as much chance of succeeding as they can behind what is hopefully an improved O-line by bringing in Riley Reef. So Jamar Chase this time is going to go number five to Cincinnati. As you can tell, I'm taking less time actually talking about the players that I already talked about in the previous mock draft. You can watch mock draft 1.0 if you'd like to hear me talk a little bit more about the specific players, why I like these specific players, etc. The Philadelphia Eagles are up next at number six. So in mock draft 1.0, I had them go wide receiver with this pick. I think they certainly would have taken Jamar Chase if he was still on the board. However, in Mock Draft 1.0, Kyle Pitts was not on the board for Philadelphia either. I think Philly is going offensive weapon here one way or the other. Kyle Pitts, I think, is an excellent fit here with the Eagles giving another weapon to, obviously, their young quarterback. They've spent virtually no money at all in free agency. This is the biggest area of concern for the Eagles, so we're going to have them grab Kyle Pitts at number six. The Detroit Lions are up next at number seven, staying put without trading this pick, and I have no reason to move off of the pick that I gave them in Mock Draft 1.0. That is defensive lineman Quidi Pay out of Michigan. Now, Detroit so far in free agency, they made the Stafford-Goff trade. They brought in Jamal Williams as a nice complimentary running back. Obviously, they saw a ton of him from his years in Green Bay. He's a weapon. He's a really good signing for them. It makes their run game that much more dangerous. They have not addressed the defense really whatsoever. So let's have them grab Quidi Pay. He's a Michigan guy. I think he can be very disruptive on that D-line. Quidi Pay goes to Detroit. So now we have the number eight pick that the Miami Dolphins traded down into with the Carolina Panthers. And I'm going to have Miami go weapon here. I had them go weapon in mock draft 1.0. I had them obviously drafting Jamar Chase from the number three overall pick. But here I think they're going to sort of stick with that. And Jalen Waddell is head and shoulders the next best wide receiver on this list. I think he's basically beaten out 
uh, Devonta Smith in terms of a wide receiver prospect, certainly in the minds, I think, of most people in the NFL. So they're going to go ahead and they're going to grab Jalen Waddell out of Alabama here at number eight overall, give yet another weapon. If they're going to stick with Tua, give Tua some weapons. Jalen Waddell from Alabama goes to Miami at eight. Denver stays put here at number nine, and I'm going to have them grab linebacker Micah Parsons from Penn State. Denver has attacked the defense in free agency, grabbing Ronald Darby on a three-year deal, paying him $30 million. I think they also brought in Kyle Fuller, who was a surprise cut from the Bears. So they're attacking the defense, trying to make that defense better, and I think they just keep going with that. Again, their run defense, not good last year. So let's grab Micah Parsons. He can be a run stuffer in the front seven Parsons goes to Denver Dallas is up next at number 10 and I had the Cowboys going in their secondary in the first mock draft I believe I had them take uh Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech they've kind of addressed the secondary in free agency bringing in Keanu Neal on a one-year deal for five mil they've also attacked the defensive line signing Brent Urban and the offensive line they brought in Ty Naseki, who I think is an underrated O lineman only paying him like 1.75 million or something I think he could start on this offensive line for the Cowboys next year a ton of people going offensive line for Dallas even though they brought in Brent Urban he's only been kind of a here and there starter for them I don't think it precludes them from going defensive line here again you draft on the defensive line you're going to improve the entire defense so I'm going to have them go D line and I'm going to have them grab Jalen Phillips out of Miami of Florida I think that makes that whole defense better. I think Dallas can be predicated on pressure, pressure, pressure to get the ball back. Obviously, they brought back uh, Dak Prescott. I think their offense is going to be good this year, but let's make that defense a little more dangerous. We're going to grab Jalen Phillips from Miami. Number 11 is the New York Giants, and this is one of the most seismic changes, I guess, from Mock Draft 1.0. I had the Giants grabbing Jalen Waddell at the wide receiver position because wide receiver is their biggest area of need. However, they just broke off Kenny Galladay to the tune of four years, $72 million, to be their new number one now and in the immediate future. They've already got a really solid number two in Darius Slayton. I think Sterling Shepard is still on that team. So there are a lot of weapons now all of a sudden by bringing in a guy like Kenny Galladay and Galladay is going to get so much attention from the secondary. It's going to make those other guys, Slayton and Shepard, it's going to make them better. So I'm moving off of wide receiver here for the Giants, obviously also in small part because Jalen Waddell is off the board. I'm going to have the Giants move O-line. This is the now the big weakness on their offense is their offensive line. And when you got a guy like Saquon Barkley, you want as good an offensive line as you can possibly have because why wouldn't you? Especially where he's coming back off of injury. So for the Giants, I'm going to have them grab offensive lineman Christian Darasaw from Virginia Tech. Sort of everybody just sliding up a pick or two here because some priorities have changed. Giants go O-line, they grab Darasaw at 11. Up at 12 is the Atlanta Falcons by virtue of their trade down with the San Francisco 49ers. I think Atlanta's biggest area of need, especially for a team that has done virtually nothing in free agency except lose, 
I think their biggest need remains offensive line. If you remember from Mock Draft 1.0, I had them drafting Penny Sewell at number four overall. They're going to trade down here and still be able to address their biggest area of need on offensive line. I've got the Falcons grabbing Rashawn Slater from Northwestern at pick number 12. Probably the best offensive lineman left on the board. You can make an argument for Elijah Vera Tucker, but I think Rashawn Slater wins out in the end there. They grab Slater at number 12. Speaking of Elijah Vera Tucker, meet the newest member of the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, the Chargers have addressed their offensive line in free agency. They added Ode Abushi on a one-year deal, and they broke off former Packers center Corey Lindsley. Five years, $62.5 million. I was very tempted to grab wide receiver here because I'm thinking like, okay, well, they're attacking their offensive line. Let's just give more weapons to Justin Herbert because that can only be a good thing and you can certainly make the argument to do that if you're a fan of the Chargers I'm gonna have him go Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC because look make that offensive line as good as you can possibly make it Elijah Vera Tucker could arguably start for the Chargers or start some games next year I think he's that good of a prospect so he's moved up my board a few spots from mock draft 1.0 Chargers grab Vera Tucker at 13. Next up, we had the Minnesota Vikings at number 14, but um, I think my good friend Gio is going to enjoy this. I have the Minnesota Vikings doing a little draft pick manipulation here. So the first thing that's going to happen is the Minnesota Vikings are going to trade the number 14 overall pick because of the threat, the implied threat that maybe just maybe the Vikings may look at a quarterback this year. I'm going to have the New England Patriots pick up the phone and say, hey, we want to trade up with you. We'll send you the 15th overall pick. We'll also send you pick 120 in the draft. We'll send you future considerations next year, maybe a fourth or fifth round pick next year. And it's going to be enough to talk the Vikings, quote unquote, off of the number 14 overall pick. So New England is going to move up one spot with the Minnesota Vikings, swapping 14 for 15, 120, and a late pick next year. So now we have the Patriots on the clock at number 14. The Patriots have attacked basically every area of their team in free agency. They broke off a ton of money on the first day or two of free agency. Jonu Smith, $50 million. Jalen Mills, $24 million. Kendrick Bourne, 22 and a half. $22 million to Nelson Aguilar. Hunter Henry, three years, $37.5 million. They traded to bring back Trent Brown. This is a team that is trying to go for it and trying to prove the potential that they have with a Cam Newton-led offense. However, we all know Cam Newton is not the future in the New England Patriots. The future in the New England Patriots is Trey Lance. Patriots trade up from 15 to 14 to draft Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Seeing Trey Lance go off the board at number 14 also makes the other team that I think in this first round is the most squirrely for a quarterback pick up the phone and call the Minnesota Vikings, who now own the number 15 overall pick. That team is the Washington football team. If you'll recall, in the previous mock draft, I believe I had them taking Mac Jones at number 19 overall. 
This time, they're not going to be able to do that. The pressure is going to be there. Washington picks up the phone. They call Minnesota, and they trade for the number 15 overall pick. So in trading down from 14 to Washington's number 19 overall pick, the Vikings are able to bring in pick number 74, pick number 120, future pick considerations. It just makes Minnesota more dangerous on draft days to be able to bring in these extra draft assets. It just makes them a more capable team. They can make moves for other players if they're interested. I think this is a smart move for a Vikings team that I don't think is targeting the quarterback position. Might as well take advantage of the other teams who are. The specific trade here is the Vikings trading number 15 to the Washington football team in exchange for picks number 19 and 74 in this year's draft. So the football team kind of panicked, but they trade up to get their guy that is Mac Jones out of Alabama. I don't think the one-year signing of Ryan Fitzpatrick precludes them from going quarterback in this draft. But when you look at what Washington has done in free agency, Arguably their biggest move, Curtis Samuel, three years, $34.5 million. You're going to have a couple years now of Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin as your number one and two or 1A and 1B wide receivers. That's actually a pretty good tandem. Let's get your quarterback of the future in there, get him developing for a couple years with those guys, and let's see what you got. The Arizona Cardinals are up next at number 16, and given that they've done virtually nothing in free agency aside from acquiring center Rodney Hudson by trade, so that's good. It does improve their offensive line a little bit. I have no reason to trade the or trade or change the pick here, and that is Jeremiah Owuzu Koromoa out of Notre Dame at the linebacker position. I think he helps the defense on multiple levels. Arizona grabs Owuzu Koromoa. Raiders are up now at number 17. Now, I had them go edge rusher in my first mock draft, but I think the signing of Yannick Ngakwe is kind of an indication that they realized that that was a problem for them, and they've already gone ahead and addressed it. So I don't think grabbing an edge rusher or an outside defensive lineman is the smart move here anymore. They also brought in John Brown in free agency, which I think is an excellent signing. Give Carr another weapon on the outside. I'm still going to have the Raiders attack the defense they're going to go ahead and draft Patrick Sertain the second from Alabama the Raiders secondary is not good so let's add some talent in there and see if they can improve on their ranking from last year which was number 26 defending the pass Dolphins are up next at number 18, of course, by virtue of the fact that I didn't trade the picks in the uh, Deshaun Watson trade that was not. So we're going to have the Dolphins go O-line here, and people are going to yell at me because why would they have traded the third overall pick? Because they would have been in line for Penny Sewell, and you made the trade for a team that was going to draft that offensive lineman, so why wouldn't they have just stayed where they were? And I will definitely hear those arguments, and again, this was a little bit rushed because I made the decision last night to not pull the trigger on that Deshaun Watson trade. So I can understand the trepidation there, but Miami's still going to get a really good offensive line prospect here at number 18. That is offensive lineman Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Now, by virtue of the trade manipulations that they were doing there earlier in the draft, the Minnesota Vikings are now up at number 19. And like I said, I don't think they're interested in the quarterback position, but there's no reason for them not to take advantage of 
of the teams that are interested in Mac Jones and in Trey Lance, which is exactly what I had them do. At number 19, they're going to grab their biggest concern, which as far as I'm concerned is O-line. They're going to grab offensive lineman Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. Now, look, yes, losing Riley Reef, I think is a big reason why I'm kind of looking at it this way. But I mean, they only had the number 14 pass offense in football last year. So let's give your quarterback a little more time to get him the ball. Let's give your all-world running back a little more space to run the football. There's no good reason not to go offensive line here as far as I'm concerned. They've already addressed the defensive line by bringing in Dalvin Tomlinson on a two-year deal. Broke him off for $22 million. That is why the Vikings are going to go Jalen Mayfield. Bears are up next at number 20, and obviously we know they tried to throw everything and the kitchen sink at the Seattle Seahawks to bring in Russell Wilson. Now, they settled on Andy Dalton on a one-year $10 million deal. So there's going to be a lot of call, too. Why not have had the Bears trade up into that quarterback market for their guy of the future? I genuinely think the Bears think they're closer to like being a championship contender than they actually are. So I don't think you go after Russell Wilson if you don't think you're like a piece or two pieces away from being a contender. I certainly don't see the Bears in that light. It's why it didn't make any sense for me for them to draft the quarterback of the future, if that makes any sense at all. It didn't make any sense to me to have Chicago wipe out draft capital to move up for a quarterback. So they're not going to do that. What they are going to do is double down on one of the things that does make them very good, which is their pass defense. They were top 12 pass defense last year. They are going to double down and draft Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. Also certainly helps that Kyle Fuller was one of those surprise cuts earlier this week in free agency. The number 21 overall pick belongs to the Indianapolis Colts, but not for long. The Indianapolis Colts are going to trade down here. They can still get the kind of player that they are focused on, that I genuinely believe they are firmly focused on. They can still attack that position later in the draft. They're going to take advantage of a team that wants to trade up because there's been a particular wide receiver who has been sliding down this draft board. You may realize I have not called Devonta Smith's name yet. The Indianapolis Colts, they're going to get a phone call from the Green Bay Packers front office. The Colts trade the number 21 overall pick in the draft to the Green Bay Packers. The Packers sending picks number 29, 92, and 135 to the Indianapolis Colts to move up eight spots from 29 to 21. And seeing that wide receiver prospect falling down the board, going to be too tantalizing for a team that we've now seen, I think, multiple years in a row have traded up in the first round or like twice in the last three years or whatever it was. Not afraid to make first round trades. They make another one. The Packers move up to 21 to draft Devonta Smith out of Alabama. Yes, he slid down the board, but I'm going to have the Packers take advantage of that. Titans are up next at number 22, and despite the addition of Janoris Jenkins in the secondary, I don't think that precludes the Titans from sticking with safety Trayvon Morig from TCU. That's who I had them take in mock draft number one. I think they stick with that. I think he improves the pass defense and improves the run defense, and the Titans defense needs help all over the place. So Trayvon Morig is my pick for the Titans. We now have the Jets coming up on back-to-back -back picks. So we have the number 23 overall pick that the Jets hold 
and the number 24 pick that they hold from the trade earlier in this mock draft with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they have the option here, the ability to attack multiple areas on their team, multiple deficiencies on their team heading into next season. So at number 23, I'm going to have them grab cornerback Tyson Campbell out of Georgia. They need help on that pass defense. They have not addressed that in free agency. They have brought in Corey Davis on a big deal, three years, $37.5 million at wide receiver. And they brought in Carl Lawson for $15 million a year, a three-year deal for him on the defensive line. But this pass defense was garbage last year at number 28. So the Jets are going to grab Tyson Campbell, cornerback out of Georgia at 23. And then at 24, they're going to grab offensive line help. And it's a new name that we did not call in the last mock. It is Landon Dickerson out of Alabama. Dickerson is a six foot six, 326 pound red shirt senior playing in Alabama, spent most of his time on the interior offensive line. I could see him starting at guard for this team, probably on the right-hand side, but I think this is a strong pick for them. Again, you don't get better by not giving your quarterback an opportunity to be a good quarterback, and the offensive line is exactly what does that. They're going to grab Landon Dickerson, an excellent prospect as far as I'm concerned. Dickerson at number 24 to solidify their O-line. We now have the Jacksonville Jaguars up at pick number 25, and this is the seventh and final trade of this first round mock draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars pick up the phone. They get a call from the New Orleans Saints, another crop of wide receiver prospects that are available on the board. The Saints are not going to wait around. They're going to get their guy to try to optimize the quarterback situation. Obviously, Drew Brees is no more in New Orleans, but they're going to grab weapons for the new guy. Guys, whether it's going to be Jameis Winston or it's going to be Taysom Hill, that of course remains to be seen. The Jags send the number 25 overall pick to the New Orleans Saints in exchange for picks number 28 and 98 in this year's draft. The Saints now up at pick number 25. They grab their guy, wide receiver Rashad Bateman, out of Minnesota. I'll certainly hear arguments for Kadarius Toney in this spot as well, but I think the Saints are going to be more appealed by Rashad Bateman than they would be by Toney, just based on their size and their skill set. So I think they go Bateman. Cleveland Browns are up now at number 26, and the Browns are a team that, to their credit, have attacked their defense and attacked it vigorously in free agency bringing in a uh, strong safety john johnson a three-year deal nearly 34 million bucks tack mckinley on a one-year deal on the defensive line and troy hill also in the secondary two years nine million dollars those are all strong signings for a browns team that was only number 22 defending the pass last year and that really led to their defense kind of being mediocre all year so the secondary is definitely their biggest area of concern I really thought for quite a while about going wide receiver here for Cleveland and it's part of why I felt that if the Saints were going to trade up they had to trade up ahead of Cleveland in order to grab the wide receiver that they want but I'm actually going to settle on the Browns going 
with an edge rusher. And it's only because, yes, they signed Tack McKinley. He's a little injury prone and they only signed him for one year. So I don't think that precludes them from grabbing an incredibly talented edge rusher here at number 26. That is Gregory Rousseau out of Miami of Florida. To quote the venerable Geo, uh, he's not going to be around for the Packers at number 29. And I agree, he's going to go number 26 to Cleveland. And I traded the Packers pick anyway. Baltimore Ravens up next at number 27. They have done virtually nothing in free agency aside from, I think, bringing back one or two of their own players. And I don't I don't consider that free agency. Maybe it's, it's weird stuff in my head. Even if they were a free agent, if they just come back to the team that they played on last year, I look at that differently. It, it's basically re-signing your own player. I don't feel the need to change their pick in this one. I think Kadarius Toney, wide receiver out of Florida, definitely fits the mold of what the Ravens are trying to do on the offensive side of the ball so we're going to grab Kadarius Tony at 27 for Baltimore the Jags are now up at 28 by virtue of that trade with the New Orleans Saints they can trade down here comfortably and still attack the one part of their defense that they haven't really looked at at all in free agency they've focused heavily on the defensive line, which is a smart move for them. They've brought in Roy Robertson Harris on a three-year deal, just a little over $24 million. They brought in Tyson Alualu on a two-year deal. They traded from Malcolm Brown, who's a defensive tackle. They're rebuilding their entire defensive line, which is smart for them. They've also brought in Marvin Jones, who's a good weapon at wide receiver, formerly of the Detroit Lions. But they haven't addressed the secondary at all. So they can trade down here a few spots comfortably and still be in line to draft cornerback J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, who I believe is the best DB left on the board. Colts are up next at number 29 by virtue of that trade down with the Green Bay Packers. I still think they're going to focus offensive line here. And yes, they could have stayed at 21 and gotten, you know, probably maybe gotten Landon Dickerson. But I think the difference between Landon Dickerson and the guy I have them drafting is pretty minuscule. So why not get back the draft capital and still get a guy of equal ability. I have the Indianapolis Colts drafting Dylan Radunes from North Dakota State. Radunes is a redshirt senior from North Dakota State, 6'5 and a half, 304 pounds, can play on the outside of the offensive line. And if you remember from Mock Draft 1.0, I had the Colts taking Elijah Vera Tucker, very similar player. I mean, look, Vera Tucker is, is a better offensive lineman, but a very similar type of player in Dylan Radunes. And the Colts got to get some equity back in order to get him. So I think it's a win-win for Indy. Bills are up here at number 30. They've been pretty quiet in free agency other than bringing in Emmanuel Sanders as a replacement for John Brown. Maybe a slight upgrade in the short term, long term, maybe not. But then again, they're not that far apart, I guess, in age. So I've got the Bills still addressing defense as I had them address in Mock Draft 1.0. Now, I had the Bills go on the defensive line in 1.0. I don't think that's the way I'm going to go with them this time. I'm going to have them go in the linebacker position because that can help both of their defenses. They can help the run defense that was only 17th overall last year. Can help the secondary as well. Maybe push them up into the top 12, maybe even the top 10. I've got them going Zaven Collins from Tulsa. He's a prospect that I'm very, very high on. I just couldn't find a great place for him to go earlier in the draft. So Zaven Collins is going to fall to Buffalo at 30, and I think that's a win for the Bills. 
Chiefs are up next at 30, and from Mock Draft 1.0, I had them go offensive line. I'm going to stick at that position. Now, they have brought in Joe Thune at guard, a five-year, $80 million deal. They've also brought back Taco Charlton. Um, so Joe Thune definitely helps on that O-line, but they cut huge swaths out of that offensive line, especially at tackle. So we're going to have them grab Liam Eichenberg, an offensive lineman from Notre Dame. Eichenberg, a redshirt senior, 6'6", 305 from Notre Dame, has experience playing tackle. I think that's where he'll play for the Chiefs on this offensive line. He'll see a good little chunk of playing time, I would think, in his rookie year if he goes to Kansas City. He may even get a couple of starts here and there. That's really where they need to focus their attention if you're the Chiefs, it's got to be on that offensive line. You've got the weapons. I think your defense can hold. You got to rebuild that O-line, especially if you want your, you know, first round running back from last year to improve on his rookie season. And the last pick, of course, belongs to the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, in Mock Draft 1.0, I had them go linebacker. They grabbed Joseph Osai out of Texas. I'm going to stick with that position, but I'm actually going to change the pick because I'm a little higher on a different linebacker, and that is Baron Browning out of Ohio State. Browning has been flying up various prospect rankings. A senior in Ohio State, 6'3", 241. Browning is dynamic. He is very athletic. He really improved as a coverage linebacker down the stretch for Ohio State. He Look, he can bring pressure. He can blitz from the outside. I think he really fits the mold for Tampa Bay. So we are going to go ahead and have them grab Baron Browning. He was a five-star recruit at a high school. I think he's going to do very well in Tampa Bay. And there you have it, folks. There is Mock Draft 2.0 with a Baker's Dozen, or Baker's Half Dozen, I suppose, of trades. Seven trades in the first round. Trevor Lawrence remains the number one overall pick going to Jacksonville. But after that, you're talking about three trades in the top five picks. It gets wild in here. So what do you think of Mock Draft 2.0? What did you think of the trades that I brought forward? Look, the Mock Draft that I did last year with trades, it brought a lot of, uh, I will say, negative commentary, especially on the idea of the Packers trading up for Jordan Love, which is funny. It did bring a lot of notoriety, I'll say. So I'm interested to see how people react to this mock draft with all the trading, especially towards the top of the draft. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. I hope you enjoyed the mock draft 2.0. Next time around, we'll have some updates for you. See you then.